0: From Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, you're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. And I'm Evan Earworker.
1: And we are here with Pastor Steve Mickle once again. Hi, Steve. Hi, guys. It's been too long. Feels like it. Good to have you back. It's really yeah. good to be back. Last week we had a good time with Pastor Keith, our guest speaker. Oh, I yeah. love Keith. Such a good yeah. guy. We were going to bring up the fact that he gave you a hard time about your uh, fashion choices. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to ask him about that. Yeah, no, so, we. I had a whole uh, thing planned out. I was going to host that
2: weekend, and I was going to make fun of his dress. Yeah, what's the deal? You guys? Yeah, that makes it sound
1: like he was wearing a dress. He was not wearing a dress. About how he was his, dressed
0: how he was dressed. But yeah, I think late the service got crazy. Five thirty <laughs> he just showed up wearing a full on dress. Yeah. <laughs> you guys talk about that every week. You talk about what you're wearing or whatever. No, no. Keith gave me a hard
2: time uh, <laughs> with a sweater I wore one time. Uh, this is the backstory and uh, he like he had a fashion intervention. It's pretty funny. I still <laughs> like those that sweater, haters. Yeah, no. Haters going to hate, Steve. The sweater's gone, though, isn't it? It's in my closet. Oh, it is? It's hanging there. <laughs> Mocking me. Ready to be used. Ready to be used. I'll take it. Shoot. <laughs> ben, it wouldn't fit you, man. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's a big
1: guy in a little <laughs> coat. <coming to laughs> you can say fat guy, Steve.
0: You can say fat guy. Speaking
1: of, yesterday we had a, a, a working lunch. And Pastor Casey uh had a whole an entire drink spilled on him, yeah, all um, down his his shirt, and not good full drink and uh and the only shirt we had to to give him was <laughs> yeah, your it was son, on
2: Spencer. Spencer, my eighth grade son he had a shirt in my back seat in <laughs> the car, and uh, it, it was so bad. Casey was soaked, and so he wore it, and he, it was hilarious. I and mean, it was like a, it's like a
1: midriff thing, you know? Like yes, <laughs> back in junior high, middle hey, school. If girls we're get <laughs> married, that's the way to that's <laughs> do, the way to it, do right? it. There, those, yeah. those shirts. It'll I, probably be in style. Give it like two or three months. It'll probably come around. <laughs> midriff shirts for guys. That's the. <laughs> I think it's in. Well, Steve, this weekend you uh, changed up what you were going to speak. You had two weeks of vision planned uh, to talk about where we're going for the year and uh, kind of tell us what happened in your family. Yeah, so two weeks before, um, our nephew, our 21-year-old nephew, Adam, died
2: tragically in a car accident here in Bend. And so um, I just felt like I couldn't just dive into vision and, hey, we're going to take these hills and without having a conversation about about that, it felt it just felt kind of wrong to dive in, dive right into something else besides processing that. So, so yeah, I took the uh, the Sunday to um, talk about um, suffering and I think the battle that we're in and maybe some of the underlying causes to it.
1: Yeah, um, and not an easy message to preach this week. Um, kind of a heavy topic. It was heavy. There's no way to get around that if you're going to talk
2: about suffering. And the why of it, and the who behind it, and so. Um, but it was, it was. I think it was good. I think it was good. I got a lot of great response from people. But it was really hard to speak four times. Matter of fact, in the five thirty service, I changed it up and did a Q and A time because I couldn't. I just didn't want to speak the whole thing again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and there's always those messages. I think that you preach that are like really fun, really inspirational, real high notes. Everyone leaves feeling empowered and. You know, let's do this, woohoo! And yeah. that was kind of the goal for last weekend. Originally, was that kind of yeah high note message. Yeah. So quite a quite a difference in- I was
2: super excited. I'm super excited about this weekend because I am preaching the one you know a combination of the two that I was planning on preaching. Yeah. This weekend and it's really positive and and exciting about yeah. what God has for us. But um, you know that's life, right? Uh, ups and
0: downs, and sometimes they they're concurrent. <laughs> You delved a little bit into the process, and I think the difficult thing for someone's mind like mine is that I've gotten to the point where I'm grown up enough to understand that pain happens and suffering happens, uh, but I still want to see it kind of like a piece in a in a movie where you get to consume the whole thing in two and a half hours, and yeah, this was a, a season. It was a part of it, and now, all right, we get to come out to the inspirational part and find out where it fits um, when a lot of times in real life, and, and that might be true over the course of your life, but a lot of times in real life, the season feels like it's over and then you're thrust right back into
2: it yeah it's not a 15 minute spot in a really great movie it's a sometimes it's years right and and you can't show that in movies and so we we're used to resolution we're used to getting to the getting to the victory part of the story when in actuality um life just doesn't work that way
1: in your message you talked about you brought up uh the work of the devil and uh his influence on the world and evil uh, something that we don't talk about much. I think most churches these days probably avoid, and you even said that in your message, avoid yeah. talking about the devil. We like to kind of veer off of that subject. It kind of makes people feel uncomfortable. Why did you feel the need to really um, walk into that topic? Well, I, I,
2: to be honest, Evan, I didn't feel like I needed to do it at all. I, I'm just, I'm just mad. Yeah, and I'm mad at him and. And my own processing of Chase's death and now Adam's death, um, certainly there's other things at, at, at play um, in both of those deaths besides the devil, you know? But at the end of the day, he his purpose is to come steal, kill, and destroy. And, I, and I've seen that um, in these two situations, but I've seen that over and over and over again in our culture, and yet we say nothing. And matter of fact, What's even worse is we blame God instead, hmm. and um, and I'm not saying he's irresponsible that, that he's not somehow responsible for some of it because he does allow it. I mean, I, I've done a whole th- whole study on Job and how and Peter. Jo- I mean, Satan came to God and said, "I want to give me permission to take Job on." Right. God says, "Okay, just don't kill him." And then Peter, Jesus says to Peter, "Hey, um, Satan wants to sift you as wheat," and. I'm going to let him. I mean, he doesn't say that, but that's exactly because he says, and when you come back to me, you know, repent and strengthen your brothers. So it was an obvious yes to that. I'm like, God, what the heck, you know? And so there's, so it's just this interesting kind of um, tension and it, and, and somebody asked in the five thirty service, well, how do we have faith in God if he's somehow responsible? How do we trust in him? And, And it's already hard enough as it is. Um, And then you throw this stuff into it. And so some deep, deep waters, I think.
1: You've done a lot of study in the past two years now on the sovereignty of God. When we talk about the work of our enemy, we have an enemy, Jesus spoke about that consistently through his ministry. Do you see it, and and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you see it as as God is sovereign, he's in control, he's writing the story, but the devil is very much a villain, the villain, and part of the story but that God is still in control of that story how's yeah. that
2: He is and that, and I do see it as part of the the same narrative and and there are reasons that I believe God allows Satan to roam around the earth like a devouring lion, like uh, Jesus mentions, I think there are reasons for that, and I would whisper that to people who are suffering right now to, to you know because it 's like I, you don 't want to hear that in the midst of suffering, but I have found that my faith has deepened as a result of the conflict. Um, that my wife and I and our family has faced over these last two years. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's the purpose of it, but it is, it is by far the primary pro- byproduct of the suffering that we've experienced is a deepening faith. And interestingly enough, uh, for a lot of people, it's the, it's the opposite effect, is their response to suffering is a, la- uh, a lessening of faith <laughs> in God, a, a lack of trust. And and for us, we've chosen to go the other way, and um, and it hasn't been easy, but we've found
0: ourselves some kind of on the other side of it, having a, a deeper faith. Why do you think the conversation has changed so much in the culture of the church over the last couple decades? Because I remember there was a point in church where it seemed like we were talking about the devil a lot and his schemes, and yeah, he was— uh prowling around like a roaring lion you know looking seeing who he who he may devour and that was a big part of the thing and this is how that satan's trying to work in your life and this is where he's at and i remember a lot of those kind of sermons and discussions and now it seems to have really completely gone away in church culture yeah, we, i would say we, even for me. yeah we swung to the other extreme because it got weird
2: for one ben i mean i mean you, you talked about the devil too many times it just gets weird it's mm-hmm. just like you know let's it, Let's talk about real life, right. you know, like today's life, and not just always talk about the enemy. But then also, we kind of put Satan and bad people in the same boat. And that's not right, you know. And so we put evil, like if you if you don't follow God, you're evil, like the devil. Right. And it's like, oh, come on, you know, that's little, that's too much. And so I think we we've, we've swung to the other extreme, and now there's actually a lack of confidence in the church that he actually that Satan actually exists. Huh. Um, and so that's that 's a pretty grave concern in my opinion um, as c s Lewis writes um, that that 's one of the strategies of the enemy is to get you to not to stop believing right. in him right. um, because then there 's nowhere else to point but God right. um, when it comes to the bad things in yeah. this in this life
1: When you walk through these things, the question that I think a lot of people ask is the closer we are to our purpose or in doing what God has asked us to do. Does that paint a target target on our backs when it comes to the devil? This is, I mean, and this is deep theological waters, but you know, that thought comes
2: up. It does. And it's been in my brain. I mean, even when I'm preaching this message, I feel like I'm calling the devil out and it's like, I'm just putting myself out there, you know, like, you know, crap, what else is going to happen? You know? And, and so I just, but, but isn't it every movie we watch Aren't those people inspiring? Mm-hmm. That look evil in the face. And yeah. Say, bring it on. And I'm not. I don't think I'm saying that. I don't want to. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying that. I <laughs> <Let me> just verbalize <laughs> <dribbleize> that. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm. I'm just tired of it. And so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna to try to you know um soft pedal it and and get around it and try you know let's let's be really quiet about our faith and let's not you know let's not take a stand anywhere i don't want that either and so but i do feel like sometimes when you st- when you do take a stand um i mean i talked to our prayer team before the message and i said you guys praying you guys praying for me you guys praying for my family you guys praying for us cuz mm-hmm. you know I, I, we're this is where we're going yeah and I, and we need prayer and it's not just for me and our family, it's for everyone that says, I want to take a stand and and my faith to deepen. Is that how you
0: arrived at the end of your message where you were talking about they didn't—they weren't afraid of giving up their lives That's anymore? Right. Is, is that part of the process for you that you've gotten to the point, again, I'm thinking about what we see in the movies where a lot of times there's a point where the hero is so exhausted that they just go, whatever, yeah. <laughs> I'm so far gone now. Yep, it keeps us, this, th-
2: this fear, Ben, keeps us, Keeps us from fighting, from getting into the fray. It it absolutely does. We're afraid of what the devil can do, or what life will throw at us when we take a stand. And um, and and I think it's because we haven't. I don't know if it's because we haven't seen what heaven will be like. For me, it's not as much that as it is. I want to be with Jesus. Right. Yeah. So I don't think we've seen Jesus well enough. I don't think we know him well enough. I don't think we understand his great love for us well enough. Because I think if we did, like the early church did, you know, wouldn't we be like Peter, who said, "I'm not worthy to die like my Savior," so crucify me upside down? I mean, that's that's commitment and that's love because he experienced something that maybe we haven't in mm-hmm. terms of the love of Jesus. And I and I and so there's something in me I think that's coming out of this suffering is
1: a deeper attachment to and love for um, Jesus. And sometimes we talk about. How in the early church life was so hard that heaven, you know, um, was the only good thing they really had to look towards. Mm-hmm. However, um, I think that discounts the fact that they had a pretty clear picture of the goodness of who Jesus was yeah. and clarity of what it looked like to to walk in purpose, to walk as a, a true follower of Jesus. So today we say, "Well, life's good here too," so that lessens our need to focus on heaven. I don't. I don't necessarily buy that. I think. I think we lack many times that clarity that they had. Did it come through suffering? Yeah. Did it come through persecution? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we lack that. That clarity when we look to Jesus, and we don't necessarily all the time understand. Exactly what we're in for when yeah. we commit to Jesus and right. the power
2: of that. Yeah, and don't let don't let suffering be the only thing that draws you closer to Jesus. Mm. The goodness of this world. I mean, I, you know, I, I've been riding my motorcycle the last couple of weeks because of the weather change, and I just. Man, we live in such an amazing place in Central Oregon. Mm-hmm. It is so beautiful, and that should like compel us right. to the goodness of God to see the goodness of God and realize that this is a shadow. Mm. And so, the goodness that we see right now that brings us so much joy and contentment is—I mean—it's beyond imagination yeah. what the next one is. Yeah. So, it's not just suffering, but it is. Some, it's interesting how suffering seems to
0: like fast forward that uh, <laughs> that deepening faith. And it is amazing how all these roads can lead you to God. You know, you're talking about the beauty of the landscape as well as this time of tragedy has brought you brought you to a deeper faith with God and uh, that's amazing to me considering a lot of the, the cousins of Adam are go to my ministry, the young adult ministry yeah. here at Westside. And, yeah. and seeing them walk through this again, life seems so I mean, people say it all the time, you know, it's fleeting and, uh, it's life is fragile on here one day and on the next. And it's not a real thing until you guys, you walk through something like you guys have walked through. Yeah,
2: Ben, I tell you the the cousins for me, my Suzanne and I's nieces and nephews were, our hearts are broken. I mean, even right now I'm, I'm trying to keep it together because I've seen them, um, walk through uh, the death of two of their cousins and their, um, their faith is being challenged it's being pressed it's and and uh and I've maybe I've lived long enough to know that there's going to be life on the other side of it um but I don't know if they have and and so that our prayers are are so much more um for them and and that they would um find peace and grace and the
1: goodness of God even through this and I've been struck by the resilience that God has placed I think, in all of us. But those Mm -hmm. with faith, you know, um, 19 months ago, my first thought was, I don't know how you come back from that, thinking of you and Suzanne Mm -hmm. and the boys. I don't know how you come back from that. And yet you see this resilience, Mm -hmm. you know? And and like you've said many times, it's not, oh, we're over it, we're better now. But there is a resilience and a strength that is almost unbelievable. For sure, it's it's surprising.
2: Yeah, I told my son Hudson, who... Went back to Portland and, and then right after Adam died and then three students in two high schools near mm. where he pastors, youth, is a youth pastor, killed themselves. And I just, I, I texted him, Hudson, you're stronger than you think you are. Yeah, And we are. We mm. just, we, I mean, I had no, I would, if somebody had told me if I could make it through the death of a child, um, over two years ago I was (laughs) at no man. No, I don't think so why would you even say that you know but then you find okay yeah we are actually stronger and and you know if people have said faith is a crutch and they're and they say that kind of arrogantly like I don't need a crutch and what I've realized Evan is I I need one I've got a I've got a limp now um, more than that actually and I need something to hold me up And if, and I might be wrong, we all might be wrong, right? Faith is the thing, you know, it's a hope in things that aren't certain that you can't see. Um, But I'd rather put my faith in Jesus because of what the potential of that means in this life and in the next.
0: So what do we say, Steve, to people in suffering? I'm sure this, the idea of what this message would be like has been refined in you over the last couple of years. What, What do we say to people that are going through suffering? What I would say to them is, don't don't let go, don't let go
2: of your faith, don't let go of your friendships, don't let go of your relationships, don't go into isolation. That's the temptation, um, but to stay strong um, in those relationships, stay connected, um, and uh, and and that's what I would tell them. I, at the end of the day, I don't know what else there is to be honest, Ben. I mean, I don't. I mean, the the Bible um, doesn't ring always ring true. Yeah. In times of suffering. You know, um, God's going to work all things out for good to those who trust Him. You know, Romans. I, when you're in the midst of suffering, like, <laughs> I don't think that's true. Yeah. And so um, holding on to relationship with God and others is the key, I
0: think. It brings you to a point where we've been talking a lot about this in the generational department between different suicides that have been happening in our own community and within our own realm of ministry. And of course, what's going on with you guys, that it just, we do a lot to try to feel not to try to feel, but it ends up, this is a byproduct of it, to feel really important and really impactful and really inspiring for people. And there's some Tuesday nights where I leave and I go, oh man, I changed that room, you know, by what speaking, what God was telling me to speak and all this stuff. And then things like this happen and it seems to be chaos. And you're looking at students and you're looking at people and families in your life and you're going, I don't have a sermon for you. I don't have I, I want to. I really do. I want to go up and say the right thing at the right time that moves their soul in the direction of repair. But it's such a helpless feeling that puts everything in perspective. And that's a difficult thing to walk through as as a leader or as a friend or as a father. Yeah, it is.
2: And it's it's challenging to... Feel like you have a word from God, um, and sometimes, and sometimes we put way too much pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. as pastors, but also as Christians, to come up with the right answer at the right time. Um, in the right moment, and it's going to change everything. And instead of just, you know, sometimes we just don't have it, and it's actually great to say that. Like, I don't have an answer right now for you. I just, don't, I don't know. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. I'm so. I wish I could. I wish I could be in it more with you. You know, whatever. But it's not. Is you know, pat answers to difficult questions is the
1: last thing that mm-hmm. we should do um, when we walk with people through through suffering. And when we look at the Book of Acts, it's not the sermons that are the most impacting are the things you remember. I mean, there's a a few in there, you know, Paul gave a few, Peter gives a few. Uh, But it's not the sermons that really paint the picture of the move of God in the early church. I know I'm talking a lot about the early church, but it's it's the way they walked out persecution and trouble and they saw God move and miracles happened. It's the way they walked through it, not the words they always had to say or, you know, they, they followed Jesus with their feet. Yep. And that is what, you know, has inspired millennia of Christ followers after that. Yeah, how we respond to
2: tragedy is yeah. the defining mark, I think, of our life and our faith. And 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 not to put like you know, I don't want to be defined by my loss. Right. At all. I don't want I don't want to be known as that in my life, mm-hmm. that he's the guy who lost a kid and, and then a nephew and then you know. I wanna I wanna be marked by joy and honesty and deep relationships and you know and so i think that that compels me to keep moving to not stay in the darkness mm-hmm. of death and despair and depression and and to just and just to keep pushing to keep pushing forward and not allow these things to Uh, hold
0: you back yeah when you came back from sabbatical right before we went through our series walking in the dark which was talking about your journey uh, through the death of chase um, you, you came back and you said I can't help but talk about this and we had plans and we had sermon ideas and all these things Um but now because of the experience that I've had, it's shaping what God is speaking to me and, and how I'm going to walk that through with the church. So we're going into this and we're talking about the vision for this next year. And then this happens with Adam. How is this shaping how you think even about vision or what we're going to talk about in the near future? The vision, the kind of the picture I have is a little bit morbid.
2: So I, I apologize, but the picture I had was, um, right after Adam died, well, it was about a week or so after Adam died was, um, Vision of you know just any kind of a battle scene that you can imagine in a movie where you're taking a hill, and so they're going up, and the and the and the enemy is at the top of the hill firing down, mm-hmm. and um and you're and you're going with your brothers and sisters in arms up that hill to take it, and there's all that adrenaline, there's all that like emotion, and you're going, and the person and your brother next to you gets hit, and what do you do in that moment? All the greatest stories is never like you. You, I mean, the temptation is to cower and to find find shelter and like R-retreat, retreat, retreat, right? get yeah. out of the way. But you, that's never the heroic thing to do. It's always like you take a second and you like recognize, you know, your brother's fallen, but you're going to process process that later. Mm-hmm. Um but you got to take the hill. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense in that, Ben, that that we're going to we're st- maybe even not in spite of, but that's going to motivate us even mm-hmm. more to climb the hill and take it that God's asking us to as a church and so that that for me is a big is okay. a big
1: part of it so is that the tone for this weekend as you bring yeah that, that, where that's, we're this, going?
2: that's this weekend and it's not there's not going to be any battle metaphor yeah <laughs> I feel like I need to move away from that <laughs> after a pretty heavy weekend but, it's, yeah. but in me that's what's in me yeah. is that I'm, I, I don't want to settle I don't want to I don't want to coast I don't want our church to to stay where it is um, I want to I want to keep moving forward and taking ground Um, that the enemy
1: has stolen um, from God's humanity. Yeah. What are you most excited about in our church for what you see in this year that's going to happen? The hills we're going to take. One of the, the biggest thing for me, Evan, with our church is that
2: um, people discover why they're here and live into it. Hmm. I mean, we can get people to discover their purpose and walk it out in the marketplace, in the, in, in ministries within the church. Um, we're there, you know, we're going to take the hills that God asks us to take. Um, you know, I think people are going to be attracted to that. They're going to come to know Jesus because of that, because right. everybody wants purpose. Everybody wants meaning. And if we can help that uh, to connect, our story with God's story, our purpose with his purpose, man, there's so much synergy Mm -hmm. when we do that. And so that's always been our kind of our narrative at West side since I took um, the pastoring role. And now, and now I think it's like, okay, let's go, let's do this. Um, Stop, stop messing around, stop screwing around and get on with this. Um, Don't just sit in the seats um, pick up your, you know, pick up a sword and let's go. You know, and why are you here? And start living into it. Is it just to make money? Is it just to try to, you know, have your family healthy and happy? Is that it is That all you got? You know, or is there something else yeah, connected to the purpose mm-hmm. of God uh, for this generation? And I think that um, if we can see a thousand plus people uh, of our, you know, four thousand or so people that call Westside home, lean into that this coming year. Oh man,
1: what what can we not do? Yeah. yeah. Well, and and so many people need to hear when they first walk into a church or first come to Christ, they need to hear about redemption and and grace. And and obviously that is the crux of what Jesus came to do is to, you know, seek and save the lost. Uh, But we get to a point in our faith and our maturity where that's the message is, come on, step up. Right. Just put the childish things aside yep. and step into the full calling. It's not going to be easy. Uh, and and that, I think calling that out of people is something I'm really excited to hear you speak, and not just in this message, but throughout this year as we see these thousand plus leaders raised up who are saying, yeah, I'm serious about this. Let's go. I'm super excited about it, Evan. Yeah.
2: And I think even the Way of Jesus, the Blue Series we're, we're launching in two weeks, is just going to take that theme and really talk about how we live like Jesus and how right. I become like Jesus. Cause I, I don't know what else we can do to help our world be better. Yeah. Let's live like
1: him. And yeah. so anyway, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Well, we're, um, really looking forward to this year and, uh, through all of this, um, watching you guys walk through tough stuff and, and not shy away from talking about that, yeah. uh, but also not just giving into a year of grief or a year of, of mourning as a church. Um, that's, something that I can grab a hold of. And I think the church is, is with us and your wife and doing mentioned
0: that. that just, I know we're closing up here, but your wife mentioned that. I just talked to her man, it's just, this is scary to me and I'm not even in the family. Life just seems so fragile. And she said, it feels that way. Yeah. And it feels really like it could hap it could go at any moment, but we're not scared and we're not gonna, we're not gonna embrace the fear, even though you want to. a lot. Of times.
2: And a sense of urgency, Ben has just like returned. Yeah. And Suzanne and me, we are, I mean, we don't have any time to waste. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't have any time. <laughs> we don't have any time. Let's, let's get busy with the time that we do have yeah,
1: and good. make a difference. So excited. All right, Steve. Well, we'll be uh, back next week as we talk about uh, your vision message and where the church is going for the year. You can check out that message after it's preached at westsidechurch.org or anytime, check us out at behindthemessage.org.